Good morning, Harvest Church. We're starting a brand new series today called Vampire Diaries. How to deal with people that suck the life out of you. Well, how many know that love never fails? And I think it's perfect to launch this series for us is the happy lady herself who's coming out with her new book this spring called Love Anyway. So Harvest Church, would you please stand up and help me welcome our first lady, Pastor Adrian Cooley. Love you, baby. I am so, so honored to get to be here with the ladybugs and the unicorns and everybody uh, this morning for Costume Sunday at Harvest Church and our Harvest Fest we've got going on. You know what? Pastor Kevin and I just love you so much. He um, is in India, as you know, and, uh, and so I get the honor and privilege of doing this. And every time that I am able to speak on Sunday mornings, I just think I cannot believe that he does this every week. I have, you know, I sometimes get irritated with him. I'm sure you're shocked by that, that, you know, we have arguments in our house and things like that. Um, but actually, man, when he comes home, I'm like, okay, how much you need to study, how, you know, however much you need to take a nap on Sunday afternoons. And I'm reminded of, of what... Um, what a job this is for him every week. Amen. So just pray for him as he's in India, and uh, they're having a great time. I wish I would have gotten this to the production team in time. I woke up this morning to a text volley in our family. Our family text is called Cooley Crew, and uh, I woke up this morning to a text of him working on his new emoji. And so he's doing real spiritual things over there in India. He His emoji looks partially... Uh, Indian, black, white hair. It's a really mixed up emoji. But um, but he loves it. He's excited about his new emoji on his phone. So if you text with him, you'll get to meet his new emoji. I know you're really excited about that. But uh, so this morning, I want to share with you some thoughts that I have about... Um, how to deal with people that suck the life out of you. Anybody got anybody in your life, uh, hopefully not sitting next to you, that sucks the life out of you sometimes? Well, I wanted to start out with a joke this morning. What do you get when you cross a snowman with a vampire? Frostbite. Isn't that great? I should probably leave that to Joel Osteen. I know that's not quite Joel Osteen level of jokes, but... Um, but I just, you know, this is, I wasn't allowed to watch Star Wars as a kid. So this whole Vampire Diaries thing is kind of a little much for me. But, um, but really and truly, it's just having a little fun. Everybody okay with having a little fun? Uh, so, but here's the thing. I want to kind of probably throw you a little bit of a curveball. You probably thought you were coming to hear about all those other people that suck the life out of you. But what about when we are the vampire? <laughs> what about when we are the ones who are sucking the life out of the situation, but we sure think it's them, right? Uh, so often it, we think it's everybody else, but so often it's the one sitting in your chair today that can be the one that's sucking the life out of the situation and the relationship. You know, I was thinking about, did everybody get your fangs or your suckers or uh, your spider? Um, so I was thinking about these fangs, and, and, you know, we can all grow fangs a little bit every now and then. It, this reminded me of when I was in sixth grade. 
When I was in sixth grade, my eye teeth were like way up high, and it, it was like I really looked like a vampire. That's a great way to enter adolescence, let me just tell you. And so here I was. I really did look like these. I'm not going to put them on because it's probably going to mess up my lipstick. But, um, but uh, this is what, guys, technology in the medical world has come so far. Actually, they were doing braces way back then in the Stone Ages when I was in high school, but we couldn't afford braces. So this is literally what my orthodontist told me to do because it was just kind of the next best thing because otherwise they were going out further and further. I was looking more and more like a vampire as I entered adolescence. So this was me in school, and my goal, my hashtag goals was to do this for an hour during class. So if I'm, you know, if I'm doing my classwork, I'm right-handed, so I'm doing like this. If I'm reading in class, you know, then I switch over because that other hand gets really tired after a while. And this is me all during sixth grade. And don't you dare make fun of me because I would have put you right in your place. I'm sure nobody in here could imagine me doing something like that. But, um, but listen, here's the thing. My hope for us today is that we are going to be able to do two things, that we're going to begin to recognize when we are the vampire, when we are sucking life out of our relationships, and then also recognize uh, what it is, we'll call you right back, uh, what it is, you know, that's sucking the life out of us in a relationship. Because sometimes we need to speak up. We need to figure out how to navigate through these things, right? Don't look at me so holy, right? So we're going to talk about three tips today that are going to help us navigate our relationships. Because, listen, God created us to connect. It's in our, de it's in our DNA. It's what we all want most. We think we want shiny cars and awesome, you know, G. Harvell suits and all this stuff and love G. Harvell, you know, but what I'm saying is like what we, we can have all that stuff and some of us have had some of that stuff, but we're generally only as happy as our least happy relationship. Anybody got a, anybody have a witness on that? Can you agree with that? It's so true. So this is like the most important thing that we can really talk about in life. So three tips to help us love anyway with the vampires in our life, and even when those people could be us. So the first tip is locate the vampire. Locate a vampire or someone who's sucking the life out of you, a sucker. Locate the sucker versus a great friend. And so as I was studying about this, I just was thinking about my BFF. Her name is Gina. Many of you have met her. She comes down to the conferences and stuff. And I'm telling you, I almost sacrificed the rock of a friend that I have in her over Teletubbies and um, one other cartoon that I just thought she was so ungodly for letting her kids watch these certain cartoons. And you know what? Her kids turned out just great. When you're looking for a great friend, you know, we might make bad choices in what we let our kids watch on TV or what we, you know, are doing in life or how we're navigating through life. I'm not saying that you have to find somebody that's perfect, but man, you need somebody like I have in her that will check you. She checks me all the time. I will call her whining, and she just doesn't understand because she's not in ministry, and she will just give it right back to me and say, oh, well, yeah, well, look what this looks like in our life, da-da-da-da-da. You are not so special, Adrian. Get, 
you know, get a grip on things and stop feeling sorry for yourself. And stop going to all those ministry conferences where everybody's crying because of ministry. Like, you need to go to another conference, maybe, and just, like, realize this is across the board sometimes. Amen? And so you got somebody in your life like that? Because you know what that is? It's Proverbs 27, 17, where the Lord says to, that we should have iron sharpening iron. But here's the good thing about a great friend or spouse or family member, somebody in your life. It's still going to hurt, she still hurts me sometimes, and I hurt her because iron sharpening iron doesn't feel good. But I was thinking about this. It's kind of a little bit more like the working out kind of pain. You know, you're sore, but it's a healthy pain. And so I'm praying for you that God will either send somebody into your life, or if you have somebody like this, that you will, you know, I have a gym membership, but I kind of should go more often. So, like, even if you have a great friend, I encourage you to invest in that friendship. Invest in that relationship. Uh, invest in your, in your marriage in this way to, to, iron, to sharpen each other. Sharpen each other. So, um, but the difference between a sharpening friend and someone who's going to suck the life out of you is this. It's basically, we're going to get really practical today because I'm telling you, this is what it's all about because love never fails. And what we're talking about here is learning how to love each other anyway. Anybody have that friend who you call and the minute, from the minute they say hello, it's just all about them, you know? And so like, oh, da, 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 and they're saying it in such a way that like you have no problems. And, like, your problems are nothing compared to their problems, right? And so then if you pipe up a little bit, you can't hardly get a word in edgewise. But then when you do, then guess what? Then you start trying in on sucking the life out of them. And then it's just like you hang up the phone and you're like, oh, what was that? But what if, <laughs> so, but, you know, because it becomes very self-absorbed. So I want to challenge you on a phone call, when you meet coffee, when you go to Starbucks with somebody, when you come to church, you know, it's, it's all about the, the people that don't suck the life out of you are the there you are kind of people. In even a friendship or a marriage, even in a marriage, you know, we can really fall into this in our, in our relationships with our spouses because we get into this, my needs, he's just not meeting my needs. You know, she's just not meeting my needs. Well, are you meeting their needs? You know? I mean, and so if one thing that I have found out, my husband and I do not have a perfect marriage, but, but we have a, a solid, strong marriage because we have made it just a habit, I guess you could say. We've, we've made this just part of who we are to try to constantly focus on the minute that comes to my mind that he's not meeting my needs, I know Mr. Jesus here that you listen to every Sunday morning, you can't even imagine him not meeting my needs. But there are some things, you know, he's not perfect. That is on the side of the building. He's almost perfect. He, he can hardly even get in here because he's close. But there are a few things. And when, and so I'm not even kidding. He really is like, sometimes I'm like, okay, Jesus, because he really is so close. But man, when he misses it, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just little things. But you know, when he's not meeting my needs, I have trained my brain. I have renewed my mind with the word 
not perfectly, but this is what I intentioned for my response to be. Okay, where am I not meeting his needs? Because that checks me. I check myself. Are you doing that in your relationships? Are you, are you um, being teachable? Are you being easily corrected by the Lord in those moments? Because the minute I just want to go off on him and tell him how I really feel about all this, the Lord just quickly reminds me of how much he wishes I weighed 50 pounds less. And I need to get my butt in the gym, but I just won't do it. Because I love cake. And so, like, and then I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not fulfilling his needs in that area. And so, like, he's loving me anyway. And so I can just give him a chill pill and maybe he won't mention the gym. And so, like, that's kind of how it goes in our house. But, um, but, you know, seriously, let's get real. <laughs> because, listen, more serious kind of situations maybe, because there are. I mean, I just picked a funny one, but <laughs> funny, not funny. But, um. But really, listen, psychologists will tell us that relationships can only take so much negativity. At some point, it breaks. And I'll be honest with you, there are times in our relationship, in my marriage, that the Holy Spirit is like, "Ah, ah, ah, you are close. (laughs) You are close to sending brother Kevin over the edge. Like, you better back off, sister. And you know what? I have a choice in that moment, and so do you in your relationships, your friendships, your relationship with your children, parents, siblings, spouse, whatever. The Holy Ghost is trying to warn you. And there is one time that I did not listen, and I just kept on with my bad self, and it just about was really ugly. And thank God for for his mercy and for my husband's mercy and for my... Uh, coming to myself and getting my little self together. But, um, you know, we can suck the life out of the people that we love the most. And we don't mean to, but we do sometimes. So I want to challenge you that your number one goal in your relationships stops being, are they making me happy? That's what the world tells you. Well, are you happy? Are they making you happy? And I'm the happy lady. But that's not just what everybody thinks that is. But anyway, that's a whole other topic. But what about if our number one goal became to give life, to breathe life into our relationships, that we're there to serve, not be served. Amen? We're there to add to them. So, uh, you know, when we can get real with somebody, man, it's just that that is living the good life. That is really living the good life. When we can get real with somebody, when we can come to a relationship and have safety, we call it keeping the customer service counter open. You know, I don't know about you if you've ever tried to return something to Target versus Walmart. I love Target. It is a much, you know, more uh, relaxing experience for me. But if I'm going to buy something over about 100 bucks, I'm getting it from Walmart because they will not ask me any questions when I come up to return it. Right? So we, you know, we might want to, like, look like Target, but we want to have the customer service counter of Walmart. And here's what, it, what that means in a relationship is when you do need to speak up, and, and we're going to get into the next tip uh, the first tip is locating where the vampire is, but the next tip we're about to go into is about boundaries. But so, yes, there's some boundaries, but listen, one of the boundaries also needs to be 
that, you know, that customer service counter, there is a counter there. So, like, in case you just went totally nuts on them, you know, they could probably duck under there, whatever. But, like, but the idea at the, and that happens sometimes in our relationship. That's literally happened in our relationship. I'm sure some of you, okay, sorry, just got to, this is just hilarious. He tells it, so I guess I might as well get to tell it. Our first month of marriage, I threw a plate at the man. I mean, I just, I don't know what came over me. It was like, whoo, where did that come from? You are bringing out the worst in me. I just, he made me mad, and I just, cool, and he like dunked. He's like, oh, my God. He called my parents. He talked about the customer service counter. He asked for a refund. They said, nope, she's yours. (laughs) And so, but, uh, but yeah, he, he can... Okay, Nana's not in here this service. I don't know if I'll say this next service, but uh, my mother-in-law. So, like, when so we were in an argument, and he can go real passive-aggressive and just, like, that little, uh, comment, that's Nana. Okay, well, my dad is like, you know, like, a little bit of anger management classes would be good for my dad and I both. And so, but, so that was where that came out. And so he's like, Bart Massey, I'm like, Nancy Polk. And so, like, that's kind of our worst of our situation so um anyway yeah that's our secret that's our first service secret but uh (laughs) so but listen let me tell you what can help with this did you get a handout Jesus come back Lord Nana forgive me I love my mother-in-law and he loves his father-in-law they're awesome we joke you want to know another little personal joke every time we look for a house no I'm not going to tell you that part okay so anyway Okay, so uh, cognitive distortions. Let's get back to something helpful. Okay, so let, let me help you know how you can manage. You know, you got an in-law. You got a mama or a daddy that something comes out of you sometimes that you're like, oh, wow. And so, but cognitive distortions, these are things that the psychology world um, <clears throat> tells us that we all have some of these to some degree. But listen, in dealing with your uh, relationships, one of the best ways to help you safeguard being a vampire in your relationship, sucking the life out of your relationship, and also recognizing people that are sucking the life out of you, you can read through this. When I did this, it real. this was the beginning of me rebuilding some messy relationships that frankly, I had sucked the life out of. And it took some self-awareness. And I had to I had to get real with myself of really where I was. And, uh, you know, when you're lost, the first thing somebody asks you, if you call them, you're on the way to a party, they say, well, where are you? Well, you have to admit where you are before they can help you get to where you want to go. And it's like that with God. And so this is where some of you are. Like it or not, want to admit it or not, this is where we, we can be. Um, so the conclusion jumping is, is a, another word for that is mind reading. That's a big one that most of us do. And, you know, we're in a conversation and somebody says something and you just like, because you have the gift of discernment and like, you like already finished their sentence and I'm in relationships with people right now that do that. And I'm sure you are too. And you might be one of those relationships. I don't know. But like what I'm saying is, just like where so I start, and I'm, I'm weird. I'm kind of dyslexic, I think, a little bit undiagnosed. And so my prepositional phrases when I talk to you are backwards. I start out with the 
negative, I think, of it to try to, like, warn you. And then I get to what I'm really trying to say. My prepositional phrases can be really long sometimes. And so, like, by the time I get to what I'm really trying to say, I have ticked my whole family off. And they think they know what I'm trying to say, and they're going to read my mind, and they are wrong because they have this cognitive distortion. Now, I'll talk about my cognitive distortion in a minute. But, like, my big one actually is not on here. It's called catastrophizing. This is just a few. There are so many. Google it. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. This really changed. My, mine is catastrophizing. Back to my friend, Gina. I would call her, and I would say, oh, you know, I'm, the, I'm a workaholic. It's just better for my occupation than alcohol. And so, like, it just is. You were supposed to laugh right there. But, you know, I, I'm working through that working 60-hour, 80-hour week thing, and I, and I still am. But I would call Gina several years back even. I'm like, you just don't understand. I have got to do this, and I have got to do this, and I've got to do this. If not, the doors of the church are going to close next week. And Gina's like, Adrian, the, church, the doors of that church have stayed open through thick and thin over, what, 30 years now, I think it would at least take six to nine months before the doors would close. <laughs> and, then, and she's like, you do not have to da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You are not going to keep the doors of that church open or not. But, you know, don't you do that with your job or your family? Sometimes just, just wear the weight of it all on your shoulders about something that you care about, right? And that gets us in trouble because then every little thing that happens, I got to go fix it all. Like, I'm Jesus or something. No, that's my husband, not me. No, I'm kidding. But, like, I, you know, but, but, I, but catastrophizing, going to the worst-case scenario, like it's going to happen. Well, that's, like, dumb. That's faith in reverse. I thought we were faith people, that he is the God of impossible. Amen? And so see how the Word can come and help you. I doubled all dare you to find the ones of this and circle it that you deal with and go find you a scripture that will help you overcome it. Because I'm telling you, I've done that, and I'm living proof. I don't catastrophize as much at all anymore. Um, another big one that I just want to mention before we move on is should statements. I should all over myself all the time. And I don't as much anymore, but I did for a long time. Stop shooting all over yourself. I should this. And then you become a pastor's wife. That just magnifies the should stuff because then you should be perfect. Thank God for that thing on the side of the building. Hiram, would you stand up, please, and, and model for us? Thank God that God gave us this revelation because no perfect people allowed might have just saved my pastor's wife life. Because I, you know, I like I say a lot, I've already run off all the religious women of our church because they couldn't deal with me. But like, um, but because I couldn't deal with them. <laughs> we were having some cognitive distortions just flying, you know, making fuses fly, uh, sparks fly. But because, but the thing is, is realizing the what the word says, I probably would have dealt with some of those overly religious people that I couldn't, you know, because I would have dealt with them better back then had, and they'd probably still be here, um, had I had the word, you know, renew my mind and some of those things. Uh, so, and you too, like, we all have relationships blow up in our face, and it's not always them. That's the point. So, the bottom line here is when we line up our thoughts with the word of God, 
then we will um, not suck the life out of other people, and we will recognize when people start sucking the life out of us, and then we'll be able to instate some healthy boundaries, which is tip number two, boundaries. Train people how to treat you. You just kind of, you know, we can, if we start really, you know, getting into this series the next couple weeks, we can just be like, uh, no vampires here. <laughs> no vampires allowed. <laughs> no perfect people allowed, but also no vampires allowed. And so train people how to treat you. You know, so one person, so I mentioned Gina, so somebody else that I know that I do suck the life out of sometimes is my husband. I will never forget this moment in our marriage about probably, how long we've we been here? About 17 years we've been at Harvest Church. Can't believe that. But so about 10 years ago, like, it just got, whew, it, I was, I've been enjoying being, you know, we've been having fun the last few years uh, here at, at Harvest, but there was a time that just really was tough, and I, seriously, I, like I said, my family, who saw the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, you know, and they're, they're just loud. They're not mad. I'm like, I'm not mad at you. I know I sound like I'm mad at you, but I'm just loud. You need to get over it. Your family walks on eggshells. I'm not going to do that. You know, so that's, this is our thing. So then finally, Kevin decided he's going to get some boundaries with me. And he, and he said to me one day, we're in our kitchen. The boys were little 10 years ago. He said, you will not speak to me this way again. And he meant it. And we've never used the D word, maybe once. Yeah, it was really bad. And then we're like, no, 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 we both, we grabbed hands, we rebuked it, and we repented, and we said never again, and we never have again. We've thought about, <laughs> but not the, anyway, no. And so, um, so, but he looked at me, he said, you will never speak to me that way again. The next time you yell at me, I'm taking the boys and we're leaving. And we will be back when you call us and convince us that you have gotten your stuff together, Missy. And he took the little boys and they went out my house and drama Queen Central occurred. And I'm like, ah, they loved me. Oh, we're going to be an embarrassment to the whole city who doesn't even know us. But that's it. You know, but you know what? It's kind of like letting a baby cry it out. I don't know what you mamas, you know, feel about that. We let our babies cry it out. It only took three nights. Three nights of no sleep, and those babies figured it out quick. We weren't coming for them, and they stopped crying, and we got some sleep for the next nine to ten months and on. And all it took, he basically, I was being a baby. I was sucking the life out of our marriage, and he let me cry it out. It took about three times, and I don't yell at him anymore. It's awesome. And so, like, you can stop sucking the life out of a situation. And guess what? You can train people in your life how to treat you that are sucking the life out of, out of you. But here's why we don't. Fear. Perfect love casts out fear. But when we stop being held hostage in a relationship out of fear of, if, of loss and put up a fence a healthy fence, man, it's such a paradox because actually the Bible talks about reconciliation. It's all about reconciliation. And guess what? That is what that boundary, PK put that boundary in place with me, 
and it caused reconciliation, and we like have a blissful marriage today. But it, you know, there were it hasn't always been, you know, like that. He says, "What? It's been twenty? Oh no, twenty-six years. I think we're going on twenty-seven years, and uh, twenty-five out of twenty-seven ain't bad." He says something like that. But you know, here's the thing. Typically, if we've just kind of had it up to here with somebody, most likely there have been symptoms and signs along the way. And so I encourage you, especially you young people getting in a relationship, uh, don't disallow things early. Disallow things early. And we did do a pretty good job of this in our marriage uh, in the beginning. We got a hold of these DVDs. They were, there were this many. Actually, I think we had them at the church back in those days. It was uh, Gary Smalley and those, v- those DVDs, 20 minutes. They were like 20 minutes, and we watched those. No, they were VHS tapes. Not D- I was trying to think something old. <laughs> DVDs are old now, but yeah, VHS tapes. And it was like this many of them. And like, and so that's what we did when we were dating, when we were engaged, and we watched these. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that we got is Gary Smalley said, you know, here's the thing that happens in marriages. At 20 years, people are like, I'm not picking up those underwear one more time off the floor. And so what he said is don't do it from the beginning because if you stop doing it at 20 at the 20-year mark or the 10-year mark, they're going to be like, oh, they don't, they, she used to love me. She doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> no, she's just done picking up your socks, you know. And so, but, so in the beginning, I mean, I trained him quick, and he, I, and he trained me. I never threw another plate at him, and he doesn't, he doesn't leave the lid up on the toilet. He is, I love that about him. He does not leave. This is so great. Oh, I feel so sorry for you women whose man leaves the lid up. Oh, he has done it a couple times. Oh, my goodness. And go in there at night when it's dark and you just, oh, that's awful. But thank God. I'm so, you know, there's these things that we can be thankful for, you know. So you have some things like that that you can be thankful for when you just, you know, have had it sort of. But, um, okay, so I want you to ask yourself a couple questions. Uh here with someone that you're in a situation with, maybe a manipulative person or different things. Here's one question. How can two walk together unless they agree? That's what the scripture says. How can two walk together unless we agree? And so, you know, there have been times, like I said, when we have just joined hands because we were not in agreement about some things. And we joined hands, and we just cast out the spirit of strife that was trying to attack our marriage. And we just, you know, we recognized where we were. We were arguing all the time over stupid stuff. You know, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines so often. Socks being left on the floor. You know, whatever. Um, You know, 50 pounds. I mean, that's just little. Like, little stuff. But um, am I in or am I out? That's another question to ask ourselves. Am I in or am I out? Because, listen, if you've ever played sports, our favorite saying with our boys playing sports is we tell them before a game, we're like, boys, leave it all on the field. Leave it all on the field. Go out there. Give it your all. And I'm telling you, if you're in, be all in. And what that looks like is I'm showing up today to love you. That's between you and God if you're going to love me back. But I'm showing up to love you anyway. 
Amen? And man, that changes relationships so much. Um, Here's another question. This is the question. Would I allow someone to treat my child or someone that I dearly love the way I'm allowing them to treat me? If the answer to that is no, you need a boundary. If the answer to that is no, and it's massive toxicity, and, you know, then God might be leading you out of that friendship or out of that, um, you know, situation in some way. You need some kind of boundary. So, um, so the bottom line here is when we have the proper boundaries in our lives that, we're, that are in line with the Word of God, then people won't suck the life out of us. And we just think that, you know, yes, because you can have the right boundaries. Listen, Jesus had levels of friends. There were the three, then the twelve, three, then the three, then the twelve, then was it the, what was the next number, seventy? And then it went on from there. And so this is part of the problem. Listen, we are not called to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Now, sinners will suck the life out of you. And sin will take you further than you wanted to go and drop you off there for dead. And so that's just a given. But you know what? Some of our family are sinners. And so then what do you do there? That's where they might need to go in that 70 rung. <laughs> you know, they might not need to be the 3 or the 12 if, it's, uh, if they're working some stuff out and bringing you down with them. I was a lifeguard in high school and college. And I'll never forget, you know, we, we worked at, I worked at a big um, uh, park, water park, and we had these people come in, and I was at the wave pool, and I was all of half of me. Um, back then, and this huge muscular guy that would jump in and act like they're drowning, and you didn't know if it was real or not. It was a test, and you have to go down there, and that 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 man almost drowned me. But it, at some point, I did get him up, and we we got, and I passed, and everything. Thank God, barely. But I really thought I might die, and I was at that moment of decision, down under the wave pool with him, and those waves are we're way down near the waves where they're coming out. And, and I was literally at that decision like they teach you as a lifeguard. When you, at the point when you're not sure if you're going to be able to save them, it's better for one to go than two. And I was just before letting him go, and I just dug deep, and I got that big old man on my back, and I swam up, and we, you know, and we did it. But I'm just telling you, if somebody is drowning you, at some point you have to make the call and not let them bring you down with them and suck the ever-living life out of you. And let me just tell you, I grew up with parents telling me I could do anything. I'm not so sure now that that was actually a good thing. I mean, it helped with my confidence level. I'm very confident as a result of it. (laughs) But they told me that I could do anything. And you know what? They really were wrong. I cannot sing. I've tried to get on this worship team for 17 years, and they will. I keep failing the auditions. So if I fail the auditions, just come cry on my shoulder if you fail the auditions. But they just keep, I tell them I got moves like Jagger. I can just see myself up there doing it, see it, be it. But they're like, the voice kind of matters, P.A., but uh, but anyway, so why did I say that? I have no idea. Let's get back to the tip. The third tip is like attracts like. 
Like attracts like. You know those people that are just so fun to be around? When I think about somebody that's so fun, I think of Jen Beagle. I think of another friend of mine in Pittsburgh. They are just happy people. And here's the thing I've noticed about these super happy people. They have boundaries. And basically, if you want to be Jen Beagle's friend, you have to be happy or else you are not going to be her friend. And she will check you. And I call wine into her maybe two times, and she just won't answer. <laughs> she just will not let me. And so, like, but you know what? I want to be her friend. So I have to be positive when I'm around her. Now, I'll call somebody else who will let me cry. But, like, but she, you know, but here's the thing. Like attracts like. And I've noticed something about her. When I start trying to suck the life out of Jen, but then I'm like, oh, she won't let me. So then I'm like, okay, i got to put my teeth back. I got to put my teeth back, right? And so, and then I'm happier because like attracts like. And I'm like thinking like a sharp person when I'm hanging around sharp people. Yeah? Like attracts like. And so, listen, if you keep attracting suckers, then maybe you need some spiritual off. Maybe you need to put off a different vibe. I realized I was putting off the wrong vibe, which is why I had all these loser friends. They're all gone now. But you know what? Now I'm friends with amazing people. Amazing people. But you know why? Because of Jen Beagle helping me come up a little bit more. And my husband saying, you are not yelling at me anymore. And me, me become, you know, getting like attracts like. Amen. And so God will help you as you put boundaries in your life. He will help you. Because, listen, I was reading the scripture about fragrance, and I thought, wow, there's so much in the Bible about the fragrance of God. And we are to carry his fragrance. And when we carry his fragrance, listen to this. When we carry his fragrance, according to scripture, it is supposed to be sweet. When we walk in the room, a sweetness should walk in the room. Our fragrance should be pleasing, evident, it should be evident that we got, you know, that we're not having BO, that we have that we have a sweet, pleasing, soothing, and satisfying fragrance about us. Is our life satisfying to those that we are in relationship with? Wow. Isn't that something? The Bible says in Proverbs 16, 24, that pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the mind and healing to the body. I love this. John 15 says, I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy and gladness may be of full measure and complete, overflowing to others. You know, yes, he wants us to be full of joy and spill over on others. But you know what I noticed when I read that verse for the first time ever? As I noticed, he said, and I said these things to you so that... So when you say things to people in your life, are you saying it to them so that their joy will be full? Whoa. Are we being Christ-like? And the words that come out of our mouth, is it going to cause people's joy to overflow and then spill out onto others? Wow. When we do, because that is, that is what happens when like attracts like, and we stop attracting these vampires, we start, let the, the way that we're going to attract joyful people is by the words 
that come out of our mouth. We are snared by the words that come out of our mouth. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen? A little bitty bit will turn a whole horse. A tiny little rudder will turn a whole ship in the ocean. And this little bitty mouth will destroy our lives or it will build our lives into the future that we all want. Amen? So what we have to do is we have to put a filter. Listen to this verse. I love this verse. Psalm 141.3, it says, Set a watch, or a filter, over my mouth, O Lord. Keep the door of my lips. God, let that be our prayer today. You know, um, the backside of your paper that you got today is called um, Scriptural Filter. And so the scriptural filter here is is a way that you can just take this home and use this in a devotional. And it is actually a way that you can just filter the words that are coming out of your mouth and your thoughts and, and all. Because the bottom line is that when we line up our mouth with the word, then we won't suck the life out of people, and, and we'll know how to deal better with the ones who are sucking the life out of us. Amen. So if you'll say this after me today, say this. Say, I will line up my thoughts with the Word of God. I will set healthy boundaries in my life to, within my relationships. I will speak words that are aligned with His Word that are creating the life that God has called me to live. Amen. Do you agree with that? Amen. So I'm going to do a little bit of a different altar call this morning. There will be people down at the altars praying. If you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, there will be people that will be down here that can pray with you about that. But I want to give a very actionable altar call this morning of commitment. And I'm going to, I kind of let the cat out of the bag about the big announcement that I just said, but also they're going to put up on the screen another big announcement um, that I am launching a course, an online Love Anyway course. Many of you know my book Love Anyway has been picked up by Harrison House Publishing and comes out April 21st, 2020. So excited about that and honored. But this course that is coming up You'll learn um, on your own time, be a part of an online community, a Facebook, a private Facebook group, lifetime access. You'll have tools to navigate relationships. And then there's no travel, affordability. And listen, there, I've already, I've been counting up the thousands and thousands of dollars that I have put into this course. And the years, one whole year that I lived in India, I studied nothing in the Word for that whole year except Romans 8. Another entire year, I did nothing but this, another huge uh, video, VHS series by Gloria Copeland about the fruit of the Spirit that I've never to this day heard anybody teach or heard that much anymore. And I have cried out to God for 20-some years for him to raise up a voice and uh, to raise up a voice that would amplify around this world about the power of the fruit of the Spirit. Because we can have the power manifestations of healing and miracles all we want, but if we are mean and if we are not loving, those things will fail. Those things are great, and they're the dinner bell for salvation, and we want them. We want both. But nothing powers our life 
and makes us have a fail-proof life like love because love never fails. And all the fruit of the Spirit come out of that. So it's an in-depth study also with the fruit. And that is we are working around the clock right now getting this course ready to launch. And um, we're going to offer it for $39. And uh, because we had it at $59, we're, um, I let got in touch with the ones who had already bought it at 59 and they said, we do not even want a reimbursement because I told them I'll get y'all a reimbursement. And they have told me that this message, I mean, they just went back and forth. I was like in tears. They said, this message has changed my life. My, I would not have my marriage today if it weren't for the message that you have taught through happy anyway and love anyway. And so I'm telling you, this stuff works. It has changed my life. I don't know if I'd have my marriage without this message. And, um, but I'm telling you, so if you want to go to loveanywaycourse.com, I don't know if they, they put that little deal on the screen there. And also you can get the connection card. If you'll get the connection card out, they're going to come and receive the offering in just a second. But if you'll get the connection card out and just write your name and email address and just write the word course if you just want more information about it, we can get more information to you. But listen, I have spent years and years, 17 years here now, counseling people through situations and this is just a way that I feel like I hope that I will at least cover the cost of it all um, but be able to help more people and reach more people with the truths um, that have really changed my life and it's also going to be a great prelude it's totally different than the book so it's not like you get the course and then just the book's a repeat it's totally different stuff just compliments and so then the book comes out in April. So I just pray that you'll take advantage of that. Loveanywaycourse.com. And if you'll just write it down on your connection card with the offering and just write your name, email, and write the word course, and I'll get you more information for that. So how many of you, and each one, ha, each lesson, there's eight lessons, and each lesson has a different printable like this that is super practical and helpful as well. Each lesson has the audio, has it transcribed, a video, and um, all kinds of tools and things. So it's just going to be amazing. I'm so excited to, to let you know about that. So I love you guys. And I think these guys are coming now to receive the offering. I pray that this message has gone into your heart and that when you need it, that it will be there for you. The word of God never returns void. Amen. Give it up for Pastor Adam. Amen.